0: Good morning, we will begin again in Revelation chapter 6, but I was thinking this week that as I'd spoke with you last week concerning Revelation, the different camps that people stand in concerning the timing of the return of Jesus Christ. And I notice a lot of people, even pastors that I have talked to, will take a very reserved reproach because, again, this is a text that a lot of times upsets people. Because a lot of what we have learned is, to be quite honest with you, something that has been regurgitated by another pastor or leader. Uh, A lot that what we hold to, even our theology when it comes to things, is something that we have heard and not necessarily something we have studied ourselves. And this becomes difficult, and I want to be honest with you. It's not the point that uh, there's some godly men in the world that would, I would not agree with. Okay, there's some godly men in the world that would not agree with me. There's people in here that may have a different viewpoint than me in certain things, and that's fine. I believe there's godly people who, who hold to different views, but... Here's my thing that, that I've always tried to communicate with people. I do not like, the, again, the Prego, the Prego uh, spaghetti sauce mentality when it comes to ministry or the Bible. That gets me. People say, well, I don't agree with you, Chad? Why? Because the Bible says so. Where does it say so? It's in there. Remember Prego? It's in there. Okay. Show me scripturally. That's all I asked to show me scripturally. But so much and so much trust that we have put in people have been some of the things that we've been regurgitated uh, through those people, and we regurgitate those as well, that we've not necessarily studied, but things that we have heard. Now again, I'll be honest with you, there's some people whom I love dearly who I love to preach. Then there's some that I wouldn't get out of the electric chair to listen to. I'm just being honest because anything that puts anything above Jesus is a problem and I will not hold to that and you say well they don't do that well actually they do you might not just be listening have you ever seen the commercial It's the longest entrance you'll ever have in a sermon so. <laughs> have you ever seen that commercial where they're selling this van and here's a mom and dad And here's a child, and it says, the guy's out there going, and this thing is a 4.6 with this and this and this, and he's going through all this. And it says, this is what the child hears. Blah, 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 blah. It has a TV, blah, 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 (laughs) blah. We hear the high points of what we like. Then disregard what we don't because somebody may disagree with it. To give a clear example, what I was meaning by other preachers don't like to go this and other people don't like to discuss these kind of texts, it's just like the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Now if you've never seen this movie, there's three prisoners that escape going after a treasure that's, it don't matter. But they, they go after this treasure, if you will, and one of them wants to be the leader. And he says, I vote for yours truly to be the head of this group. And that guy goes, well, I, the other guy goes, I vote for me, true, yours truly too. And they look at the little guy in the center and say, who do you vote for? He goes, I'm with you fellers. <laughs> People like to take a sideline or a fence approach because it doesn't cause controversy. You see what I'm saying? You see where I'm going with this? But all I ask is this, please listen to me. That you study the Word of God for yourself. Read the Word. Go to the Old Testament. Everything points to Jesus. Everything points to God's plan. Okay? So we have to understand that it's not just one verse screaming out of text. But it's all of God's word put into context for His glory and for His plan. Amen? If you have your Bible, term, with me to Romans. Oh, Romans Revelation. I like that book too. We done been there. So Revelation. <laughs> Revelation chapter 6. We talked about this. Last week we talked about a lot of people call the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So we're looking at Revelation chapter 6 and I want to do some focus on the sixth seal. Because what will happen here is you look at Revelation as the seals begin to come out and pour out we will see a progression where it comes to the judgment of God, okay? The wrath of God, the judgment is poured out upon this earth. Now, that being said, one of the most popular, I covered this a little bit last week, one of the most common viewpoints that people will hear today is what you have known or heard as the pre-tribulation rapture, okay? This has been made popular by C.I. Schofield, Darby, Schaefer, or Schaefer, uh, uh, D.O. Moody. And, and here's the premise of, of this thought, okay? Is that when, when God sent Jesus, okay, Jesus was rejected by the Jews, okay, as king. (coughs) So he had to go to another plan for the Gentiles, okay? So then, then, since the Gentiles uh, were, were reached, during the tribulation period, God will deal again with Israel. And then you'll have those that are saved out of the tribulation period. Now, the problem with that thought is this. If God's plan failed, then God failed. God doesn't fail. Okay, we've got to understand this. God does not fail. For what he started, he will bring to a close. And a lot of times we look at some of these things as we say, Well, Chad, I believe that Christians are not going to have to go through any tribulation. Wrong. I want you to understand that in the text that we have read and in the text of the Bible, you will never see, ever, ever see, where Christians are removed from trials and tribulation. Never. And oftentimes we think we're not going to go through any of this. As we are speaking today, listen, China is arresting pastors left and right, they're arresting them, they've changed their Bible. Somebody told me they're putting facial recognition cameras up at the churches to see who's attending. Please listen to me as we get into the text. We've got to get out of American Christianity and get into biblical Christianity. Okay? Not that you've been regurgitated, but what does God's Word say? Are we going to go through tough times? Are things going to get worse? Yes. And I honestly believe, listen to me, that we have not prepared the church for what's about to happen. Because again, we've looked at it from a lens that is local instead of broad. Revelation chapter 6, verse 12. Now listen. Then I saw him open the sixth seal. A violent earthquake occurred. The sun turned black with sackcloth made of hair. The entire moon became blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its unripe figs when shaken by a high wind. The sky was split apart like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved from its place. Then the kings of the earth and the nobles and the generals, the rich, the powerful, and every slave and free person, hid in the caves among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. Because the great day of their wrath has come, who is able to stand? That is a question I want to ask you this morning. Who is able to stand? This is a very serious time when the wrath of God is being poured out, and I want you to understand that He uses seven groups here. You see that number seven again? Back up to the first slide. Look what he says. I went a little too far, didn't I? Next slide, my fault. The kings of the earth, the nobles, the generals, the rich, the powerful, every slave and every free person said, let the rocks fall on us that we may be hidden from He who sits on the throne. I want you to understand that God's talked last week that God's wrath's coming. It's going to be poured out upon this earth, and it is being poured out. You see, I want you to understand that this, sin has consequences. I spoke to this last week. And there is coming a time when He that began this world will bring it to an end. If you do not believe Jesus is coming back, then you're not a Christian. didn't hear no amens on that. Listen to me. Listen to me. The Bible tells me in Acts, as the disciples were looking up. I say, Why are you looking up just the way he left? He's coming back. Christ is coming back. But at his time, and his way, in God's word and prophecy must be fulfilled. He's coming back. But at this time, people will cry out. Now I want you to look at this part of it. Look who he lists: the kings of the earth and the nobles those that have those that have power those that have power and have a place of seat of noble of noble position they're going to fall out and cry too generals those who lead massive armies they're going to fall too the rich those who put more emphasis on what they have than who they give it to them are going to fall The powerful, those who have authority, those look that are strong, they're going to fall too. Every slave and every free person, that's everybody. Do you hear me? He left no stone unturned. Who is going to face the wrath of God? Well, everybody. You see, here's what I want to get into this morning that we need to learn this. We no longer hear the preaching of John Wesley. We no longer hear the preaching of Livinger Ravenhill, Paris Reedhead, Manly Beasley, men that taught, you've got to understand people, it's not that you are saved because you're afraid of having your skin burned in hell. You are saved because you realize you've got to stand before a most holy God. There's a big difference. There is no health, wealth, and prosperity. There is no fire insurance. It is only your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone, because all will fall. You see, the thing that amazes me about this is if you remember when we was reading a little further, during this tribulation time, there are going to be deceivers. There are going to be those who come out that deceive you. And this is the point that I was taking in my first initial illustration. My first long uh, scenario of speaking to try to share with you that a lot of people say a lot of things that we hold to. And I believe that, like Jesus says, there will be prophets that are false prophets that will come to this earth. There are people that we hold to because they emotionally make us feel good. There are people that we believe in because they say things that we want to hear. I'll never, I'll never forget one day that many years ago, and my wife will tell you this: that somebody come up to us and ask us what we thought about a particular evangelist or TV evangelist, faith healer. How about that? Timmy told me I needed to be careful; I could be sued by these people if I call their names. If you want to know, I'll tell you. But anyway, that's side the point. You don't have to study hard. But this person that heals people waves his towel and rag and he heals people. What did I think about him? I said, I'll tell you exactly what I think about him. I think he's a heretic. Because let me tell you something. If you can heal people, then get in that hospital and heal these people of COVID. I've had enough. You go to the Shriners Hospital. Heal them. I'm tired of cancer. I'm tired of COVID. I'm tired of all these diseases that you personally have been touched by. Get rid of them. Because even this question was brought up Wednesday night. You never notice when Jesus would heal somebody, he didn't go out proclaiming what all he had done. Hmm. So I was asked what I thought about this person. I said, I think they're a heretic. Well, about a year and a half later, Wiz invited this church for an event. And my wife and I and the kids were sitting on the back pew. Then all of a sudden, during the middle of the service, that man said, there's a pastor here that has a problem with this individual. But I tell you, he's a man of God. I looked at my wife and I said, he was talking to me, wasn't he? (laughs) Because I, I believe this. Do I believe people are healed? Let me tell you, absolutely. But I believe they're healed by Almighty God and not one man. You hear me? God heals. God is the one that heals. God can heal cancer. I can't. I'm not a prophet nor a son of a prophet. People look to me for profiting. Yeah, I can give you a word of prophecy, but it's found in the text of God who speaks himself, not Chad. I'm not a prophet. And nobody else is either. There is no more disciples. Apostles. I mean disciples, Apostles. We're all disciples. Let me tell you why. Because listen to me. We got everything we need right here. Why do you need a special word from God when you can open it up and read it yourself? Amen? It's right here, people. And it amazes me that we put faith in people more than we do Christ. I know this ain't popular and I'll get lit up with text and somebody will hate me, but that's okay. Because if I've said many times, I'd rather people hate me than be lost for eternity in hell. You put your faith in Jesus Christ. And just like me, Paul challenged the Berea, or the Bereans challenged Paul to see that every word he said was real. It's okay to read the Word of God and say, was Chad talking truth? It's okay. And I'll be glad to sit down with you. But understand, we're going to take a biblical approach, not that that's what I thought it said approach. I promise you, I don't know everything. And there's men that can, many men that can split hairs better than I can. I can promise you that. And I'd be embarrassed to go before, but I know this. I know that the one that saved my soul is Jesus Christ. And I know that his gospel is first and foremost. And I know he, he is the only righteous, pure one. And I want you to think about this. You see, the Bible says there will be in this time death, sickness and famine. And there will be those who will deceive. Let me tell you something. I never will forget, too, that I won't call his name, but he was actually an extended member of my family that had this ministry that if you would send to him, he would send you a packet of holy water. And when he sent you that packet of holy water... He would send you a little thing that you could make a contract out to uh, give him your house when you died. Because we wanted to sow that seed. You want to sow a seed, you sow the seed of Jesus Christ in the heart of the unbeliever. And we look at these other nations that are struggling. And they go out there with this junk, this deception and junk. They're in the midst of famine. They're in the midst of trials. They're in the midst of hate. And they said, no, I will not turn. I'll hold to the name of Jesus Christ. But when you go out there with this false doctrine, then what does that do? If somebody's poor and you can be made rich materially, what are you going to do? Man, I want to hear what they have to say. They're deceivers, people. God never promised me riches. Chad, where are you going with all this in Revelation? I'm going to get to you when we go to Revelation 7. But bear with me, they are deceivers, and they'll be deceivers during this time. But let me assure you that no matter how powerful you are or how poor you are, without Christ, wrath is coming down. The Bible says, the martyr said, well, how long will it be for us to be like this? And God said just a little, or the angel said, just a little while longer until more bloodshed has been spilt. This is very powerful, people. That I can assure you that God's time is on his time and more people have to die for their faith. Now see, we don't understand that. and We have a problem with it. But a lot of times what we have done is taken God's theology and turn it into a man theology that pleases us. You know, I don't understand the, 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 the whole mystery of God and what he does. But I know this that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. So all these people, whether they're rich, whether they're noble, whether they're kings, you know, I, I thought about this, and I'm going to be honest with you as time goes on. Those and kings, this is the time where everybody gets their tax refund. And that money's good for about three days. And people go out and spend it and blow it on material things. And in a few years, it's going to be meaningless to you. Okay, But if the government owes me that money, they give it to me. You know what? The government's not going to save you because the Bible tells me during that time they're going to fall too. And every slave, man, that don't seem right. Slaves, those who serve others, let me tell you something. Every human being is created in the image of Almighty God, but because of the fall, there's a void in their life. There's a void in their life. Regardless of who you are or what position you have in life, there's a void. And that void is Jesus Christ. And it can only be filled with Him. Regardless of what life treats you, regardless of what position you're in, so the kings of the earth and the nobles and the generals, generals, the rich, the powerful, and every slave and free person, those that have everything going good, they're going to fall too. They're going to fall. He said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne of the wrath of the Lamb. Why do they want their faces hidden again? It's not about being having their skin singed with hell fire. It's knowing that they've got to face a pure, upright, righteous, holy God. And you can't stand. Who can stand on this? Is there anybody able to stand? Good question. So Chad, how are we going to go through this? How are we going to stand? The same thing that's happening today is going to keep on happening until God comes back. Who is able to stand? Well, let me tell you. Chapter 7 said, and after I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. Remember when I talk about four, four square usually deals with earth. It's a dimension of earth. After I saw this, This is beautiful. This is why I get a little excited. After I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, restraining the winds of the earth, so that no wind could blow on the earth, or on the sea, or on any tree. They're holding everything back. Then I saw another angel rise up from the east, who had the seal of the living God. He cried out in a loud voice to the four angels who were allowed to harm the earth and the sea. Who were allowed to harm the earth and the sea? Do not harm the earth or sea or the trees until we seal the servants of God on their foreheads. Who is able to stand? Those that have been sealed. I want you to understand and I'll get into the number 144,000 a little bit later I promise you but I can't stop with the seals because I want to tell you that comes from the imagery of Ezekiel chapter 9 where the sealed you have two groups idolaters or non-idolaters let me tell you something sealed you're either Christian or you're not the sealed Well, Chad, I don't understand a seal. Let me tell you what a seal is. Now, if any of you have ever worked in mechanics, you've heard of a hermetically sealed motor, which means it is composed and completely sealed from the outside elements that everything inside is protected. It's protected. You see, being sealed in a Bible illustration, remember when kings would seal something, When a king would seal something, who could break that seal? Nobody except the intended recipient. You hear me? Who can break the seal? Nobody but the intended recipient. So here's what happens. When Jesus died and his tomb was sealed, what did that mean? That nobody could break that seal. Nobody. Nobody. Let me promise you this, people. When you've been sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ, ain't nobody can break that seal. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Chad, how can we stand in the midst of wrath and trouble? How can we withstand all this is going around us? How can we stand true to He that promised... Because you have been sealed. Those that have been sealed are not to be removed from trials, but I can promise you this, that Christ will walk with you through them. You know what's amazing? Hold me back. I get excited about this. Ephesians chapter 1. Now go with me on this. I'm going to begin in verse 3. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavens and Christ. For He chose us before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless and love before Him. We've already went through this. If you want to argue, we'll argue later. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for Himself according to the good pleasure of His will to the praise and glorious grace that He lavished on us in the beloved one, Christ. In Him we have redemption through His blood and forgiveness for our trespasses according to the riches of His grace that He richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure that He purposed in Christ as planned for the right time to bring everything together in Christ. Both things in heaven and things on the earth in Him. Listen. Listen. In Him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the One who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of His will. Do you hear that? Now there again, I want you to listen. Don't get lost in the words. Listen to me. If God starts it, He's going to finish it. God's plan never fails. You have to hold to this. This is very key. So that we might, who had already put our hope in Christ, might bring praise to His glory. In Him you were also sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed. Now, let me sum this passage up for you. This is Chad notes, not Cliff notes. God made you, Jesus saved you, and the Holy Spirit has sealed you. And I want you to understand through this, this very point right here, that that very seal that He put upon us was a seal of His Holy Spirit that is in us. If you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Period. And it says it happens at the time they believe. You are sealed. One of my favorite songs in the world, Charles Johnson and the Revivers, I know I've been sealed until the day of redemption. And one day King Jesus will come and He will take me away. I want you to understand that since we have been sealed, we have been protected by the hand of the Almighty God through His Son Jesus Christ. And nobody can break that seal. Who can stand? Only the sealed. Only the redeemed by the blood of the Lamb can stand. This is very important. The reason that I had wanted to focus in on this a little bit because I want everybody to know that just because you have gone to church or you have been baptized doesn't make you sealed. Just because you've uttered some words or you attended Sunday school or know a lot of theology, it does not make you sealed. I taught Sunday school lost. Lost. Because I knew all the language. Jesus before Nicodemus, a very religious, rightful man, righteous, or self-righteous man. He knew all the answers. But he couldn't see the trees for the forest. You see, during this time, okay, there's going to be those that deceive, even in the midst of trouble. What a better time to bring you relief, think about this, than when you're in trouble. You see, I got to thinking about this. Even as I wanted to go into further, because I didn't have time to do it today, because I do, I'm going to have a lot of questions. And I want to get into it, because I love it. But I want to tell you, listen. It's just like our, 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 our people who like to compete to go to other people's houses, Jehovah's Witness. Okay? They use the 144,000 as a little number of those who will rule over the people over the earth. Because they take this text continually screaming. They deceive people. But it is the fastest growing religion in the United States right now. Did you know that? Why? Because they're ministering to people at a time of need and in fear, and they're telling them what they want to hear. It's not about me telling people what they want to hear about what God said. Because, you know, here's me. When I go to work, I like people telling me, Chad, good job. Chad, you're a hard worker. Chad, you've done what we've asked you to do. Nobody likes to hear, man, you're the sorriest human being that's ever walked the face of the earth. Nobody likes to hear that. We all want to be built up. And would you disagree with me on that? Would you disagree? Am I right? We want to be encouraged, right? We want people to appreciate what we've done. But see, here's the thing a lot of times when we do things like this, it goes to our head. Would you agree? And there's sometimes we can't even get ball caps on our head because it swells. But that's human nature. We want to be encouraged, especially in the midst of strife. So what better time to attack people's emotions this is where I'm going than when there's trouble. People want to feel saved before they are saved. They want to feel something that makes them feel righteous. You see, during this time As life progressively gets worse. Until our Christ and Savior Jesus comes back, there's going to be a tough time. People will deceive. Not only religious leaders, but kings and nobles, slaves and free, your friends, or so-called friends. People will deceive. People will catch you off guard. People will attack the moment that you're in one of your worst times because it plays to your emotions. Because it plays to your heart. But listen to me. The Bible tells me that my heart is deceitful and increasingly wicked. I didn't say that. God's Word does. My heart is deceitful and increasingly wicked. Which means that I'm easily led astray. Do you think there's a reason why Jesus calls us sheep? I could give the common answer. Sheep have, well, sheep are dumb. And they will follow one another. But here's the thing Jesus is not calling us dumb. That's a characteristic of sheep. What Jesus is saying let me be your shepherd. You want to follow somebody, follow me. That's what he's saying. And sheep are easily led astray. And even now, think about this. Going back to this. Chad, you stuck on a few verses. Yeah, because it's important. We've got to get this before we move further. Okay? People will betray you. There's a sit. Guys, it's even affecting our children. I have told my children, listen to me, because of the situation that happened this week, I don't want to mention it because we're on air, but I told you this, taking a stand for Christ is not going to be popular, and you will lose friends. But know this, that in Christ we are sealed under the day of redemption. And this earth right here is temporary. But eternity's forever. And I tell you, if people go to hell, let them go tripping on you on the way. Stand firm for what you believe. People will betray you. People will leave you. But the Bible tells me that everybody that's in the list that's not been sealed, they will fall. They're going to fall. God's wrath is going to come. Sin will be paid for. You see a lot of people don't you think about this. I got to thinking about our Chinese brothers and sisters. Remember I told you the story of the evangelist who went to China and as he was in a small group these 24 people had traveled hours secretly by boxcar to get to the Bible study. They went in this room. that was a 12 by 12 room, I believe. And he said, what happens if we get caught? And one of the persons said, well, we will go to prison and you will be deported. He said, how many of y'all have been to prison? Everybody raised their hand. everybody and he says wow he didn't have enough bibles to give everybody he was like six short and when he began to give the bibles to everyone that he had he said I'm sorry I don't have a bible one of the ladies said that's okay, I've got it memorized or some of the portions the chapter we're going over he said what what he said, Oh yeah. He said, Where did you learn to memorize the Bible? In prison? He said, I thought it was illegal. Well, it is. People sneak us stuff in, so we have to memorize quickly. And he was astounded by this. And as he began to leave, I want you to listen. I've shared this before, but if you had never heard it, I want you to listen, think about this. As he began to leave, he said, What could I pray for you for? The lady said, you know, if you would just pray that we would become like the American church, y'all can meet in freedom and it's a lot better than what we have it. If we could just be like you. He looked at her and he said, no, ma'am, I won't. I will not pray that. You see, in my country, if you have to sit for over an hour, most people get mad and complain. In my country, most people have seven Bibles in their home and they're never read. In my country, if you have to travel over so many miles, people will refuse to come. I will not pray that our country, or you become like our country. But what I will pray is our country comes like you. You see, that's the difference in the sealed people. And I think that is more applicable today than it has ever been. I do not believe the church is going to escape tribulation. But I believe when Christ comes back, there's going to be a separation of the sealed and unsealed. You see, I believe that there's going to be those that stand before Jesus. And there'll be those who, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not heal in your name? I think they did. Let me back up on that for a few minutes to throw you a shock factor. I think one of the things we miss in Scripture too is do they some people that have powers, but they don't necessarily mean godly and biblical powers? Satan has powers too. Well, maybe that person was healed. Was it demonic? Take the Bible for what it says and whole, not in part. People, please. The people said, "Did I do this in your name? I went to church in your name. I got baptized in your name." my mom and daddy went to church I didn't miss a Sunday for 32 years I sung in the choir I sung in the praise band in your name people so often want to hear a word from God that don't know him and the word they are gonna hear from him on that day is depart from me I never knew you you see I want you to understand that those that are born again believers in Jesus Christ, there is no furnace that they can't go through without Him holding their hand. You know, I've heard the testimony of some of you dear people that are here today and you've lost loved ones. And I'm sorry. You know, one day I'm going to face that. I don't want to. But every one of us is going to face death or somebody in our family is. That's a mathematic certainty. There's some of you that's going to lose everything that you had. You say, man, I got a good job. You have no idea. Let me tell you something. One sickness or one accident will cost you everything. Trust me. Been there, done that, got a T-shirt. What we don't understand is if we hold to those things opposite of Christ, we're in trouble. And I sit here and think about those that I've talked to that have lost family members here recently. And the common theme that I have heard, I don't know what I would do without Jesus. That's sealed. Because they understand that whatever earth throws at them, whatever comes their way, No matter how bad it is, God's got us. There's coming a time, people. And we haven't had anybody rush through those doors yet. But it's coming. Again, I'm not a prophet nor a son of a prophet. And I'm not the big bad preacher that sits up there. just want to let me tell you something. I'm a man that has been saved by the grace of God that is capable at any time of falling once I get my eyes off Jesus. But what I do know, our time's coming. And I want to be the one that stands in faith and says, I won't be moved. You may take my body, you may take my life, but I've been sealed until the day of redemption. I have been sealed. And I know that whether Christ comes back or whether I die, I'm going to be in his presence. And see, that's the point through all this. Who is able to stand? Who is able to stand? Only those who are born again believers in Jesus Christ. You see, one day we all may have to face something that we don't like. To be honest with you, I pray for my children. Because if we don't see massive persecution soon, our kids will, and you can bet on it. I really pray for my grandson. But as I said last week, I don't know about you. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You learn from these brothers and sisters that have lost loved ones or gone through strife and sickness. When you ask them, how are you doing this? They say it's by Christ and Christ alone. You learn from that. Because He alone can save you and He alone can sustain you. I want to give you a word of encouragement as we close this. Can we get into some more of the symbols and who is the 144? Who's the multitude? We'll get into that. If you'll see in the next chapter, those groups are sealed. (laughs) But I want you to understand this. Listen to me. You don't wrestle flesh and blood. It's not the people. You wrestle principalities of the dark. Satan disuses people. You see, whether it be death, whether it be hurt, whether it be betrayal, whether the world turns their back on you, it gets us discouraged, right? But understand this. That's what Satan wants. He wants to get the fight out of you. That you won't pray. That you won't read God's Word. That you won't share the Gospel. Because if you do that, then His plan for you works. Because you don't share. You don't pray. You don't read. I meet so many people that say they've been Christians for so long, if you're not coming on a Wednesday night, you need to come. Boy, some questions here that knock a rat off cheese. I'm, I'm serious. They're tough. They're tough, but we address them. But there are so many people that say they've been Christians for so long and they don't even know the Word of God. How can you do that? How can you not pray? How can you not read the Word of God? How can you not share the good news of Jesus Christ. You see, Satan wants to keep the fight out of you. But I want to encourage every one of you today who is a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, put your armor on and let's go to battle. Because this earth is going to get worse. And we're not going to escape this junk. But with our armor, we can do battle in it. Because as David went before, the, went before Goliath, you come at me with sword and spear. But I come at you in the name of the living God. And let me t- promise you this. He's got the battle. And if you'll read the book, he won the war. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for all that you have done. God, we are praying that, Lord, you would renew in us, set a fire among us, Lord, we would go into battle. That we would go into Your Word. That we would be prepared. Lord, who can stand? Who can stand then? Who can stand now? Those who have been sealed by Your Son Jesus Christ. Lord, I believe that life treats us differently, but death's going to treat us all the same. Lord, I believe that one day we're going to stand before you. And Lord, I believe there's going to be many stand before you that you'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. Lord, I pray that people would see as we live in this blessed land that the government, false teachers or preachers, false friends, Lord, that they wouldn't be disheartened and people would see that they're not going to save them. All these things hurt us, Lord, but you hold us. Lord, people would realize that not mon- there's no amount of money in the world that can buy us. There's no amount of materialism that can sustain us. But there's no amount of turmoil that can be poured out upon us that you can't handle, God. Lord, I may leave this earth tomorrow. And Lord, I don't know what your plan is for me. Any of us could leave this earth tomorrow, but Lord, it's not when we leave it, but how we leave it. Are we sealed? Can we stand? God, I know that that if I do leave this world tomorrow, or whether it be today, I'm going to see some people that have left this earth before me, some even recently. But Lord, most of all, I'm going to see your Son, Jesus. And there's no greater promise than to know, as Paul said, that I desire to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And there ain't nobody can take that away. But God, I pray that we develop a boldness. That Lord, as we have seen the seals opened and broken, and the wrath poured out upon this earth. And it's going to be a great and terrible day. When everybody stands at the end of time before your throne. And those that do not know you will cry out, Lord, hide the rocks upon us. But God, the redeemed, can honestly say, here I stand. Not by my own effort, but I stand leaned and perched on the Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And God, I pray that you ignite a fire among us. And Lord, today, I pray that if there's one that does not know you, that you convict their hearts before it's eternally too late. It's not that we know you that saves us. It's that you know us. Lord, the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon your name shall be saved. Lord, I believe those that call upon your name that turn from their sin and place their faith and trust in you are sealed. And they're sealed immediately. And Lord, that's a seal that cannot be broken because the King has sealed it. And Lord, I stand today on the promise that you are faithful. Lord, I don't know what trials and tribulations, financial hardships. We may lose it all. We may lose our family and friends. But God, whatever I have lost, I consider it gain for the testimony of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, may we decrease it. You might increase And Lord, may you be glorified in all things. And all God's people said, Amen. Stand and worship with us.